touch you. He can't be touched. It's not a God without feelings. It's a God who is sensitive and can be touched. Everything that God is, is, is what we see in Jesus. And the Bible says in Mark, please turn with me your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 3, 9 and 10. Mark chapter 3, read from verse 9 to 10. Take his disciples that a small sheep should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng on him. Verse 10 says, For he had healed many in so much that they pressed upon him. For to touch him as many plagues. They pressed on him to touch him. Why? Because they were sick and they needed healing. He can be touched. In the old discussion, we see Moses commanding the people not to go closer. Otherwise, they will be killed. Say, God was untouchable in the old dispensation. But in this new dispensation, after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, even while Jesus was on earth, because he was God on earth, at the same time, flesh on earth. 100% God, 100% flesh. That in itself is a mystery. You could be touched. And today I'd like to emphatically let you know that God can be touched. No matter what your needs are, no matter what your challenges are, you can reach out to God. The, the scripture says when Jesus cried and gave up the ghost, the curtain of the temple was torn into two. The implication of that is giving us access by faith into God's presence and into God's grace. So friends, you can reach out to God and touch him. You can touch God no matter the issue you find in life. You should not get to the point that you completely give up. I said, this thing is impossible. That's why the scripture emphatically tells us that for with God, all things are possible. No matter the nature of the impossibility in your life, if only you can touch God or he can touch you, you will find out that the issue will be dealt with. The Bible tells us of a hopeless tree. Job chapter 14, verse 7 to 9. Job chapter 14, verse 7 to 9. 
The Bible talks about a hopeless tree. The tree was already dried up from the root. He said, but if that tree can be ministered to through the scent of water, the Bible said the tree will receive life again. Each time the scripture talk about tree, sometimes it's talking about you and I. The Bible talked about the tree that is planted outside. He said, as long as that tree consistently received the touch of water, that tree will remain alive. Brethren, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, we need consistent touch of God. Mm. That's why the Bible says in John 15, he said, He is the vine and we are the branches. And except we remain in touch with him, we can do nothing. We cannot be a fruit of our own. If we want to be, continue to enjoy victory, if we want to continue to enjoy the blessings of God, if we want to continue to enjoy inner fulfillment, we need to always be in touch. Or we need God never to let us go. I pray for us this morning, knowing that he can be touched, to always seek to be in touch with him. In fact, to consistently be in touch with him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. To, to touch him or to remain in touch with him. Number one is faith. Faith. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 5, beginning from verse 25. Mark chapter 5, from verse 25 to verse number 34. The woman that had what they call the issue of blood. This woman, the scripture says, she has suffered many things from many physicians. Thank God for physicians. But in some cases, it's just trial and error that they do. Okay, let's try this drug. Okay, this one not working. Let's try this. And if you happen to go to agents of darkness, we use your body for it. If normal physicians in the hospital, they are they use as case study because they are not sure. Apart from the fact that they are not sure, they can apply to people in the future. So they keep giving you a particular drug and say, okay, keep using this. And you keep spending money buying all sorts of drugs. I met a lady sometimes ago. She showed me the drug every day. So Jesus cannot do this to you. And we prayed. 
to Jesus, you will be healed, particularly when you come to him by faith. This woman with the issue of blood approached Jesus by faith. He said, if only, she said it in her heart, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I will receive my healing. Just one touch. I just need to touch. The, I don't even need to touch his body. I can touch the hem of his garment. I will be healed. She said it in her heart. She said it. She approached Jesus with a heart of faith. The Bible says, whosoever will come to him must believe that he is, that he can perform what you are asking him or want him to do. So this woman believed in her heart. She approached Jesus by faith. And when she touched Jesus, the Bible says, when she touched the garment, let me not say Jesus. When she touched the garment of Jesus, the Bible says, virtue, power came out of Jesus to heal him. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. No matter the situation you find yourself today, as you him. The virtue of God will reach you. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Amen. It was all by faith. How did I know it was by faith? Jesus responded. He said, daughter, be of good cheer. He said, your faith has made you whole. He said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. And behold of thy plague. It was by faith. So if you would have faith, not necessarily big faith, but like a master said, and believe that what you want God to do, he will do it. I tell you, you will receive divine touch Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Number two way we can receive divine touch. Is verse 21 of that same chapter. And I'd like us to read it. Chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, beginning from verse 21. The Bible says, And when Jesus was passed over again by sheep unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was near unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. This man came to meet Jesus, and the moment he saw Jesus, he knelt down. And what did he do? Verse 23 says, And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lied at the point of death. I pray thee, or I beg thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. What we see here is prayers. And prayers done in humility. Our brother referred us earlier to the book of Second Chronicles 7, 14. 
that said, if my people which are called by my name shall what? Shall humble themselves and pray. There is something we have lost in the body of Christ. That's the act of kneeling down. Kneeling down to pray to God. Friends, I share with you a secret today. There is something about kneeling down that touches the heart of God. It's an act of complete humility. When you do it from your heart, that virtue has been lost. What did the scripture say? He said, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Those who learn the act of kneeling down, falling on their feet, talking to God in humility, not in pride. There are some prayers you will see a lot of pride today. That's not how we should do it. We should do it in humility. And by so doing, the heart of God will be touched. What did the scripture say? He said, God looks at the proud afar off. There are some prayer you will see pride. There are some prayer that are elements of pride. In the way we say it, in the way we stand before God. In the way our heart expresses our words, there is no sense of humility. But when God sees humility, he's attracted. He releases grace. He's quick to respond. Jesus himself gave us a parable of two people who went to the temple. One was making proud statements. You know, I fast so so time in a week. You know, I am not like this Samaritan. In the mighty name of Jesus, in our expression to God, may pride no longer be evident. Amen. Humility attracts God. It touches the heart of God. This man humbled himself and he got what he wanted. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous. The righteous is a humble person. He knows it's not his righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. May humility be part and parcel of our lives in the name. Amen. Not even towards God, but towards men also. What do you have that you have not received? <laughs> what do you have that you have not received? That's why the Bible says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall what? Inherit the earth. May the Lord help us to see and to embrace Amen. Humility. Amen. Mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. They don't have to beg you for too long. The Bible says the wisdom that is from above is easily entreated. Who are me? Who is who, 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 who are you that people have to be begging you, begging you, begging you before you change your mind? Stop that act of unforgiveness. It is pride. Forgive. If God marked iniquity, who shall stand? 
We are all prone to error. Nobody is infallible. Always remember that and humble yourself and give where it is necessary, particularly in the issue of forgiveness. The Lord will help us. That's why the Bible says, except you forgive, you cannot, if God will not even hear you, how much more answer your prayers. Number three, the fear of God. The fear of God. Let's look at Genesis, the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 12. Genesis, chapter 22, verse 12. When a man fears God, he touches the heart of God. It moves God to respond. Look at what God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22 verse 12. And God said to him, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. When a man fears God, it touches the heart of God and it makes God to be willing to do anything. After this statement from God, God said, look here, you cannot escape my blessing. In blessing, I swear by myself. In blessing, you are already blessed. In multiplication, you are already multiplied. Now, I know it was because that act of obedience to God touched the heart of God. When a man fears God, he obeys God. He does the will of God. When a man fears God, he does not withhold anything from God. That's why our giving also, the Bible calls our giving righteousness. is the right thing to do. Our giving touches the heart of God. And the greatest gift you can ever give to God is your life. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice. The scripture says it is a reasonable service. It is something reasonable. So the fear of God moves the heart of God to do anything for us. He will fight for you. He will sustain you. He will preserve you. In fact, you will become the project of God. In the name of Jesus, may we become God's personal project. Of Jesus. What that means is that you become the apple of his eyes. Anyone that they are to touch you is in trouble. Your needs are mm-hmm. completely met. May that become our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Apart from touching God, God can also decide on his own to touch you. Why? By his compassion. By his compassion. God is a compassion God. It is his lifestyle, his attributes. 
And that is why when you now do things to make him touch you, he is quick to touch you. Naturally, God is a compassionate God. He's God that has what I can classify as pity in his heart. That's why the Bible says, consider that God had pity on Job and restored back to him much more than he lost. The Bible says God was moved with pity. He was moved with compassion. God is a compassionate God. And that's why Jesus had to come in the flesh to the world. He came in the flesh so that he can feel what we feel and be able to be touched according to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. He said, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That's why at every point in time he, he was called to do something, he did it with compassion. At the point he saw the people like a sheep without shepherd. After preaching to them, he said, no, these people must be hungry. They can't go back like this. I need to feed them. And the Bible says it's compassion. Just with how many loaves? Five loaves and two fishes. He fed the multitude. When a man has compassion, he can do go at any length to help any person. Our God is a God that is full with compassion and he can touch you. So, brethren, we thank God for this dispensation where we can touch God and he can touch us. Our attitude can move God. My prayer for you is that you will have this right attitude of faith, of prayers, of the fear of God, and God will ultimately, in his compassion and mercy, looking at you, may God set his face on you, on Amen. your household, and on your knee this day. Amen. Amen. I don't know what your situation is like. Is it hopeless? With God, there is nothing that is hopeless. You can call his attention. If you will do it by faith, if we do it through prayers. We see people getting results through prayers. Your case will not be an exception. Amen. 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 We are ready to touch God. And there are several other ways with which we can touch God. Let me add this to you. Through your worship. When God sees a man who, a woman who worships him, from the depth of his or her heart, God always responds. The Bible says God is always seeking for people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So for the next two, three minutes, I'd like us just in your own language, just go ahead. Ascribe greatness to God. Worship him from the depth of your heart. You don't trust God yourself. God is 
altar worshippers. Just go ahead. Bless the name of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless you, Lord. Father, Father, I lift you up, King of glory. Mighty God, one was and is and is to come. My Father, my God, I appreciate Lord, I Thank you. 
There are things you can do, as we have said, that you make God to see. Not until when the children of Israel began to pray did God say to them, I have seen your sorrows. I have heard your cry. At that time, they had spent extra 30 years in their situation. You may be going through a particular situation, maybe because it was so timed. But there is a time which it's over. If only you can cry to God that time, you will receive us speedily. The children of Israel cried to God. Say, this suffering is too much. This slavery is becoming unbearable. Please intervene. And God said, 
I have not only heard you, I have also seen your sorrows. I want you to attract God to your situation this morning. I don't know what you are passing through. I don't know the difficulties along your path of life. I don't know what has become unbearable to you. Or maybe it's not yet unbearable. You can cry when things are small. I learned this in my secondary school days. There is a classmate of mine. He doesn't have to wait until you beat him hard. You just touch him a little. He will hit you back with force. And you begin to complain, but uh, I just touched you a little. I didn't hit you. You see, uh, my parents taught me that I don't have to wait until something becomes unbearable before I respond. <laughs> so, friends, I want you to call on God this morning. Let him touch you, or maybe you should touch God. So that that situation that is not written will be not only removed but be uprooted. Peradventure, you are sick in your body. Peradventure, you are in debt. But any situation it may be, lift up your voice now and say, Father, intervene. I need your touch. Lift up your voice. I 